everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode. We're back with Up In Your Business. Uh, on this episode, we had Mark and Pam, the two owners of Construction Coordinators. Um, just a uh, little, um, just, a, just a heads up. Uh, this episode got a little noisy. There's a house next door to our building that uh, they're working on the roof today. And of course, the, the one hour that we were recording the podcast is when they were working the hardest and hammering the shit out of the building. So uh, apologies in advance for the loud banging in the background. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Up In Your Business. We are here with Mark and Pam from Construction Coordinators. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Glad we could have you. Um, so we start with a segment that's called 20 Questions. It's pretty fun. It's like real rapid fire questions. Who wants to go? I'll go. Yeah? All right. Is that okay? It's there you go. Fine with me. And if, if you love it so much, you can we'll, we'll serve you after. All right. Favorite color? Blue. Favorite snack? <sighs> Potato cute. chips. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Left or right? Right. Pick a number one to ten. Nine. Favorite number? Fifteen. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite drink? Beer. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot coffee. Steak or chicken? Steak. Oreo or Chips Ahoy? Oreo. Favorite vegetable? Broccoli. Prefer to work from home or in an office? Office. Clean desk or messy desk? I wish that it were a clean desk. <laughs> you, you and me both. We'll go uh, cluttered. Your biggest inspiration or role model? Biggest inspiration or role model? Wow. That's a tough one. My father. Okay. Uh, last time you ran a mile or close? Two years ago. Coolest place you've ever traveled? Iceland. Ooh, that's a cool one. First job ever? <laughs> First job ever uh, was a construction laborer. Okay. Pathetic and stereotypical, but Yeah, true. that's funny. Uh, favorite day of the week? Saturday. And favorite part of your job? Favorite part of my job? Um, hmm. Probably solving problems. Cool. Very cool. What do you think, Pam? You good or you want to go for it? Sure, I can go. There right. you go. <laughs> favorite color? Blue. Favorite snack? Cheez-Its. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Left or right? Left. Pick a number one to ten. Seven. Favorite number? Four. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Favorite drink? Wine. Iced coffee or hot coffee? Hot. Steak or chicken? Chicken. Oreo or Chips Ahoy? Oreo. Favorite vegetable? Squash. Uh, prefer to work from home or in an office? Home. Clean desk or messy desk? Cluttered desk. <laughs> Your biggest inspirational role model? My mother. Last time you ran a mile or close? Oh, I'd say a year. Coolest place you've ever traveled? Maybe also Iceland. I, yeah, I've been to Iceland, but <laughs> I would probably say um, the Amalfi Coast. Ooh, very cool. Uh, first job ever? Payroll clerk. Okay. Favorite day <laughs> of the week? Friday. And favorite part of your job? Working with, speaking, dealing with people, people. I guess. Cool. Yes. Very cool. Ding, 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 ding. I need a bell. Every time we do this, I, always, <laughs> I want a bell to like finish it off. 
So the big question is, though, would you have gotten 20 out of 20 for me? Because I think I would have gotten 20 out of 20. That's how I should have done it, actually. Uh, Answer for the other person. Yeah, be like the the newlywed game. game. newlywed game. (laughs) Oreo, you might have gotten me on Oreo. I'm not sure I would have gotten that one. But the rest of them, I think I would have known. We're going to think of different questions for next time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We'll probably go slower than we did. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because most people say seven when I do favorite... um, Number one to ten. Yeah. So I was surprised when you said nine. Uh, but most people say seven. I think it's just like instinct. I don't know why. And what's everyone's favorite day of the week? What was yours? I said Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. It's actually surprisingly all over the place. Um, I think last time we had a Sunday. We've had Mondays. Mondays. Mondays surprisingly. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, we had, I forget. That's an um, organized day. I like Mondays. Yeah. yeah. I think, I forget who it was for Monday, but it was somebody who's whose work is centered around the weekend. Oh, yeah. So oh. their Monday is like a Sunday or a Saturday. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they've been, been all over the place. Or somebody whose kids have finally gone back to school. Yeah. That would <laughs> yeah, make money. Yeah, yeah. I could see that making Monday <laughs> a know, really good day. Yeah. Yeah. A celebration. Sort of past that, so we yeah. don't have to worry about yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, so we're going to get right into the questions here. How did construction coordinators come about? How did that, how did that get started? So um, I'm going to answer that one. So... Um, we start, the company started in 1991. Um, I was working for a small company, a small construction company that did primarily retail stores. Okay. Built a lot of retail stores in, in um, the first several years of my career. And in 1991, after a couple of bad projects and some bad clients, the company had some financial troubles and closed its doors. Oh, wow. And um, I, was wor- I wound up getting hired by the attorney who was wrapping up the company. Oh, no way. And I was sitting there helping throw out basically this company that I'd worked for for eight years. Wow. And we got a call from a client that I had been working with directly. Who's, we, we had been in the middle of this project to put a Dunkin' Donuts in a train station in, in Boston. And he called to say that the project had finally been approved by the MBTA and when could we get started. Yeah. And I said, well... The guy's name was George. I said, George, we're, I mean, the company's closed. We're out of business. And he's like, well, what am I supposed to do? I hired you. Why don't you just do it? And so that's how we got started with the company. We had one guy, one project. Oh, my God. So. That's funny. At the same time, Pam was working for a small bank in Norwood that got closed by the FDIC. So the two of us were both out of work. It within within the same in the same in the fall of 1991, and we had just had a baby, so Sarah was six months old, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the circumstances around getting the company started. Wow, were there any kind of odd feelings with the old company, even though it was closed, of you taking that job? Or? So, um, actually, believe it or not, the owner of the old the the, the one of, one of the owners of the old company called me because he heard that it was going on and asked me if I were if I was willing to come to work for him. Um, to do the project and he said that he felt really badly that he couldn't really hire me on a full-time basis but he'd hire me for you know for the several months that it would take to run the project and I said I kind of that actually kind of made me mad so I said no and then quickly like decided to get organized and go and file you know file to incorporate the company and right. get a contract signed it's actually ironically was november 4th is when we actually started the company november oh, wow. 4th just a few so days almost away. almost our anniversary <laughs> not wow. a big one it's only the 29th but still yeah, it's like yeah. um i just realized i thought of that this morning when we were coming down here and it's like right. it's almost the, it's almost on the exact day yeah crazy. Funny, really yeah. crazy time flies huh uh, tell me about does it does it feel like it's been 20 years no of course not. I mean, all of that seems like it was only yesterday. So. That's funny. Um, 
So one of our biggest things as like a media marketing sort of company, like starting out in the 90s, marketing and business development was, you know, completely different from what it was now. Um, what did you guys do then to really like spread the word and start growing the company, you know, compared to like what you're doing now and what, what was working then and what did you start to do? Yeah, so our, the second client didn't come quite as easily as the first. Yeah. And um, basically what, what I did was I got on the phone and I called everybody that, um, basically everybody that I had dealt with in, in the eight years that I'd been working at the other company and, um, and then sort of waited. And then Pam had some ideas on what to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why don't you talk about Well, that? I had been in banking, so I first started to talk to people I knew in banks and um, told and, and everyone I got on the phone with I was saying oh well I have all this banking experience so if you are you know if you want to know I know about security and I know about you know, like anything to do with banks I yeah but then I also there was this thing called the national tenant directory okay. retail tenant directory and okay. since we had all this retail experience or market all this retail experience and I had been in banking but and really in management because the second bank I worked for was a 12 person bank. So I was really had learned how to run a small, a small business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was my, like, that was how we started. So I knew about starting the business. Yeah. You knew asking. more than just banking. Right. Right. Cool. And I just, and, and, but I really didn't know, I, like neither of us had like a marketing class. Mm -hmm. So before we started, so I took out this retail tenant directory and it was about a thousand pages, like actual paper. And it was a list of basically every retailer in the country. And at the time, they were mostly on an expansion mode. So there was someone assigned as like the facilities manager. And I would just call every one of them. So I yeah. would like for about three hours a day, I would spend making phone calls. And then um, like, the rest of the day I'd spend creating like paper packages, like, you know, marketing material, get it out there. But I basically knew it was like mostly going in the garbage, but <laughs> I tried. Yeah. And we actually hit on a couple. We wow. did like when um, one of our clients was KB Toys and oh, I, wow. it was like one of those guys that like I would call him and, cool. and he was really nice to me. And he would say, you know, just call back in six weeks. I think we're getting close to our New England expansion. And it turned out that they did, they had this huge, um, they went into basically all of the malls on the Northeast. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So we got a bunch of work from them, from this retail tenant directory, cold calling every day. And that's so that's kind of how we started. So do you, did you beat a bunch of like companies that were already coming out here? Yeah. You were like, hey. We welcomed them with open arms, pretty yeah. much. And they and it was hard because you know most of the time on those lists there were about eight contractors. Sure. So if you kind of missed the electrical, you won. But um, we tried not to do that kind of work, and so we we learned real quickly to um, kind of kind of figure out carve out what our niche was, and yeah. uh, so that's how we got our experience in uh, in the uh, a lot of the expanding our retail yeah thing. but um i got to talk to a lot of people and kind of got learned how to like make the phone call and not yeah. call on fridays and not call on mondays <laughs> and not call on a holiday week and actually our one of our biggest things that we did was we we didn't we we stayed open like christmas week oh, okay and that was like i insisted on it because if the phone rang someone had to be here but yeah. no one called except our mothers <laughs> the phone has to, never rung on the week between christmas and new year uh, yeah. so that was nine years it's never that rung. was yeah so i mean that was just like a rookie thing because i didn't 
you know, I we didn't I didn't come from a family that had like small business, so I didn't yeah. really know that you had to like go like get business. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of we But that's cool, it's all self taught. Yeah, it's we like were just really going for it. Going for it. <laughs> we just had to do it. And yeah. we were just in there and um you know, and then I eventually started talking to people about what we do, yeah. and that also that helped. I mean, yeah. I'm I I chat a lot, so uh, I think um, we had we also yeah. around the same time one of the one of the people that we had worked with before um, gave us a um, a lead for a company that was in fl- a, a perfume store called Perfumania okay. that was coming to the Northeast, and and it's like and that actually turned into some projects, but it's like the um, it. It was a very strange experience for me because where I had been, all the work, somebody else had been the responsible for bringing in the work, yeah. and our our job was to actually figure out how to deliver it. But instead, we had to really turn it, um, turn it completely around, and figure out how to get work, yeah. and then figure out how to make money on it while you, you know, with the work that we had. Yeah. But the perfume, I mean, all these things, perfume mania. The first, the first job we got was for like somewhere on the Cape. We all these places that we had never really, not never worked, but that we didn't yeah. really think of as in our, in our service area. Yeah. And then of. all of a sudden we were expanding. We had this other client, same, same kind of thing called Taylor needle and thread. Okay. It was a mall based malls were really, really big. They were really yeah. still expanding 30 years ago. And, um, and the, uh, they were a mall based sort of tailoring shop out of somewhere and they wanted to do wanted to blanket the northeast with these stores and the first one we got was in bridgewater new jersey which they saw oh, wow. they must have been from somewhere in the in the west they saw bridgewater as kind of close to, <laughs> to need a mess which so. it's 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 not i mean it was <laughs> we learned that when we went down to go look at something and you hit traffic and all of a sudden the the four hours it's like that it should be it's like a whole drive. day it's a whole day to get there and yeah. then you have to come back and oh my god really Crazy stuff. So did you and it quickly? Wasn't an anchor tenant, so no, really no, kind a of tiny a store. Uh, yeah, it was a very small. So project. did you learn quickly? Like, all right, we're not going down to New Jersey anymore. So we, we basically we, we learned quickly that we would go only, we'd go to New Jersey for clients that we had that had an op- that were real, really yeah. an opportunity that would, for more work. We'd go there for somebody that we knew, mm-hmm. um, but we weren't really going to go there for a first project. It didn't make right. sense because we didn't already have the subs and the relationships and yeah, even really right. know how the cities work. Just a much harder like starting point and yeah. right you start from nothing you start from with no knowledge and mm. it's sort of hard to go from there it's easier to start somewhere from a little bit of knowledge and right and you need it. all different insurance and licenses and all that different stuff licenses, too right yeah oh, wow. and it's like yeah, you do right. one project in a state and you have to file a tax return there i didn't know anything about any of that i learned that the hard oh, way oh wow so um, even though your company is out of mass yeah even though the company is out of mass you have to do it. wow yeah and then connecticut We've done a lot of work yeah. in Connecticut. They have different rules, taxes. Jeez. Yeah. Connecticut has a sales tax on um, construction. So you actually, they, every subcontractor charges 6%, I think it's 6% on top of their, whatever their construction is. Oh, and, my um, God. And, I mean, we didn't know that. I mean, it's like, so we wound up, you know, you wind up learning eat, this eat stuff. And that's like, yeah. it's a, that's a lot of money. Then. Construction is a tight margin business. 6% is a really big number to find yeah. out later on. And the subs, some most of the subs know, but anything that you the subs didn't provide the paperwork on, you had to prove, and it's wow. it was quite a um, it was an interesting learning experience early on. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely much different than starting like you know an accounting business or like being a photographer. It's uh, I feel like a lot less heavy lifting, and I don't know, it just seems like yeah. a whole another monster. But it must be pretty cool to 
drive down the street and be like, oh, built that, built that, built that. <laughs> right. Kind of just, you know, proud of your work, of what you've yeah. done. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, so I wasn't going to go this far back, but um, <laughs> Pam and I met on a blind date. And um, so, and, That's funny. and, but actually the funny, the funniest part is we, we went, we went for dinner and then we went for a walk. I don't know. You could take it. You usually like to talk about. We went to Copley Place. Oh yeah, we went to Copley Place. I had never been there because love Copley. I didn't, I, Copley's I, nice. Yeah, but I lived in like Waltham and okay. in an apartment, and I hadn't gotten into, you know, I was working in Quincy, and I didn't like go to Boston a lot. Yeah. So um, we got into Copley Place, and he's like talking about what they do, and I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means. Like, we built this, we built that. Like, <laughs> I thought that was a great, that was a great idea for a first date to yeah. walk around yeah. and show Pam all the I'm stuff like, that oh, we that's built. Great. Like, like, what do they yeah, sell? Like, I'm not really. I, what did I know? I mean, <laughs> but no, that's I was funny. a psych major, and I didn't know anything about the construction business until yeah. we were doing it. Hey, little uh, did you know, though. <laughs> yeah. hey, listen, you know, this I thought it was a great idea and it worked, so. Yeah, yeah right? It's like, uh, we'll, we'll toss that out there. It's like, That's funny. And then, so, uh, you know, so over the years, marketing and business development changed completely. You know, obviously the last eight to 10 years, everything is digital, online. Um, how did you guys sort of adapt and, and change up your methods to that? Or did a lot of stuff from back then still maybe work? Like, you know, personal referrals, I feel like right. will never go away. And those are always great. Um, but I'd love to hear like what you guys did. Changing. Well, we joined more organizations. Um, I participate in a lot of uh, groups. Like I'm, in, I'm involved in like a commercial real estate for women. And okay. um, sit on a couple of boards. And I think that just raising the profile for our company. Like I've been on the AGC board mm -hmm. the last several years. Oh, cool. And um, also just volunteering in different organizations raised our profile. But yeah. I, I do think that um, for me, it was like our offices are in Needham. We yeah. do a lot of work throughout New England. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get into like even luncheons and events in Boston just to sort of like hear from other people what's happening around yeah. and like just see where we see where we want to take our business because yeah. all of our so we've basically been able to balance our work and so we've been doing a percentage of retail percentage mm -hmm. of office percentage of restaurant and then it's all sort of fluid based on the year and how much is happening in each of those yeah. areas in each year so it, it just helps and that keeps you um, you know, in, in touch with everything. So yeah. Do you do like the BNI groups and all that stuff? So or? I haven't done BNI, yeah. but I've done, I'm involved in like a networking group through the Newton Needham Chamber of Commerce. Okay. Oh, and okay. um, so BNI, I've been a little um, reluctant only because of the nature of our work, our yeah. nature of our sale, yeah. so to speak. So I, I haven't done that one yet, but I mean, I've thought about it. We've, yeah, we've, we've gotten asked very pretty frequently, at least yeah. once or twice, three times a year to, to join one. And, um, I think it's the same thing. It's yeah. like a, a lot of, there's, there's plenty of companies that I think do really well for them yeah. for those types of, of things, but like high ticket sales, like, yeah. you know, yeah. nobody's going in there like, yeah, let me spend 10 million to build a new building. Yeah, exactly. Like, we want to hurry them, you know, right. You, know, you have to know us, right. It's like a, it's a different kind of sale. I mean, yeah. we were, yeah, we were selling something that's just like, uh, you know, we're going to buy 10 copiers like that. You know, those right. guys should or like be in an those accountant. Groups. I feel right. like those are perfect. Cause right. Oh yeah, I need an accountant. Okay. I'll just pay an account. Yeah. Like, you know, we're just, but I felt like our sales is all relationship. 
Yeah. And so, um, well, crew you know, is so ideal for that because yeah. commercial real estate for women. It's like well, for us, so, so it's, it's like very specific. It's yeah. yeah, it's New England based. I mean, it's a national organization, actually international now, but it's. Um, in our our chapters, over 500 women, and they're based of they're made up of like architects, engineers, developers, real estate attorneys, and contractors. Yeah, so and they're in your space. In our space, yeah. And so we could sit down at lunch, and there'll be like a speaker, but you know, eight people at the table are doing what you do in some form or another. And yeah. so I learn a lot. Like, and I used to be, I mean, I would get there, and it'd be like the first time I was out of Needham, like in three weeks because yeah. when we started when I started getting involved in that I had still had little kids so it was like a big adventure yeah. and um, I, just getting into Boston and just like seeing what was going on and it, it really helped yeah. and you know just and then they raise, we needed to raise our profile otherwise I mean you can't do it all on the phone or right. the email and yeah. can't be blind and mm-hmm. so everybody kind of knows us now yeah it's, it's funny you say that like even to this day I think we found that um, you know, I was actually just looking at some of our, our sheets yesterday and, uh, still to this day, like existing clients and client referrals, still pretty much our biggest source of like new business. Um, I think there's really nothing that beats that, like meeting someone face to face or like just actually getting to know somebody. Um, like one of our, one of our projects that we did this year, uh, was with a, a local bagel shop. And we just had him on our podcast because they're like a, a staple in Providence. It's called Providence Bagel. And um, Mike and I were grabbing lunch there one day. And I was like, oh, that'd be a cool episode for the podcast. So I sent them a message on Instagram, shot right back to me right away. And he came on our podcast a couple weeks later. And then a month later, he remembered us from the podcast. And he's like, oh, hey, I need a commercial done, by the way. Like, can, can you guys do that? And we're like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like, just getting to meet him. We had a great conversation. Everything went well. And then sure enough, like, you know, that's yeah. how it worked. Good. So it's like a combination cold call and a referral on Providence. Baby. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like everybody like you know whenever we reach out to people to be on a podcast, nobody's ever like, no, I don't want to do that. Everybody's always because it's cool. You get to come on, meet us, talk to talk about your business, and kind of like get some exposure in some sense, um, no matter what business you're in. And so they enjoy that. And then yeah, and then sometimes it turns into business for us. So. Yeah, and fun fact, Mike, we actually, it was during uh, COVID when it was really taking off, and we had Mike actually was the actor because we couldn't hire any <laughs> actors, so we had him be the star of the commercial for that. Yeah. <laughs> for so that I have client. like a 30-year royalty deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> free bagels. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, That's free good. bagels for the, yeah. yeah. You have a good agent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys do a lot of work in the retail and restaurant industry, um, which obviously those two industries were like the both both that were hit the hardest during the last eight months. Um, what has really been like sort of um, your, your uh, I guess, like reaction to that? Like what has that meant for you guys and how have you sort of adapted to what's been happening? Well, for one, um, luckily, one of our retail clients during the heat of COVID was deemed essential. Okay. So that kind of helped us. It was us. a liquor store. It was a liquor store. Yeah. Governor Baker in Massachusetts declared an essential business. So that, that project was yeah. allowed to continue. So that we continued. It's and too funny. Um, That's crazy. Um, so that, I, great. That's, that was one thing we didn't have to um, worry about. about. Yeah. yeah. We got lucky there. Um, we also, I mean, but going forward, I mean, we, so we've seen less retail work over the last six, eight months, but mm-hmm. we're still, we're, we're still talking to people. We've been talking to somebody who has a restaurant project that they want to do. 
um, that will happen sometime. I would I would say it'll probably happen in 2021. I think that was their plan was for last year yeah. uh, or this year. Um, we have a bakery project that we're that we're about to do that I think will cool. um, you know should open sometime in 2021. It's right. um, so there are um, there's still the good ideas that were out there. Yeah. Um, may have been stalled a little bit by sure. it, and right. so they're delayed and um which in some cases gave a little bit more time to figure out um if mm. there's any I mean there's all there are always tricky challenges to going into existing buildings so it gave people a little bit more time to figure some of that out yeah yeah um and it also um but I think they still will happen. And I mean, we're seeing the restaurant locations. I mean, we're still, we're reading about it. I mean, the restaurant locations that were marginal or the restaurants that were struggling, a lot of them, a lot of restaurants have closed. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, there are some people who have really good concepts that are, um, that are opening now, mm. which, which seems, um, I mean, it seems risky, but if you have a really good concept and you have a plan for dealing with, um, for now, certainly takeout. Right. Um, it's actually maybe it's maybe it's not risky to open now and have a takeout mm-hmm. and have a chance to actually build so build a reputation in the neighborhood with uh, with a smaller staff. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, so there's somebody opening in Marble in Marblehead right now. I mean, it was in the news today that has a bunch of restaurants in Boston, and that's their next spot. And it was oh, always wow. their next spot, huh. and it's opening in. We're in November, so it's opening in November, wow. which seem which which is seems to go against the tide right now. Right, so I think right, there's still, and all those restaurants that closed that were in good locations um, are going to be restaurants again. Right, um, maybe the same people, maybe some, maybe the different people, but they'll mm-hmm. all come back because the good spots are good spots no matter what. Yeah. and people will go back to eating out for real when it's when everybody's comfortable doing it and right i don't know when that will be but it's not going to be forever like this so and whenever that happens too i feel like not just the restaurant business i feel like every business is going to come back with like a vengeance because everyone's just kicking to get back to work and to get back to like you know normal life right yeah and i think planned out like i think the one like one of the silver linings of this whole time has been that people have just sort of slowed down reviewed things a little more closely Mm. and i think so that the site selection will be a little better maybe for some of these retailers and restaurant Mm -hmm. owners yeah and um then maybe the plans maybe they took a little more time to do some of the plans and they understand the process better yeah yeah and then so so i think that there's definitely a silver lining to this we've seen it we've a little bit now because mm-hmm. I mean there's been more time actually everyone involved has had more time all the subcontractors right. and the architects and everyone you know unfortunately everybody was a little quieter so they have more time to spend on it mm-hmm. but it'll help the construction process for us yeah. anyway because yeah and like you said Marco it could be a whole nother stream of like a uh, business like a uh, way they do business like right like maybe it's not just take out maybe they innovate it to something else where all of a sudden they don't even need a dining room anymore but you know you're back in a non-covid environment right and there's i mean there's there has been a lot of that activity we're talking to a um somebody right now who was looking to build a small restaurant and Mm -hmm. they were working out of um uh, what a ghost kitchen or a rental kitchen location i've heard about those and um and they um so and they and but they were using the ghost, the ghost kitchens are intended for so many hours a week and they were using it for 50 hours a week. I mean, then, and even when there are multiple kitchens there, that's not exactly the, it's not a, a sustainable, economically not sustainable. Yeah. And so they wound up at the, they wound up finding, um, you know, a house of worship that has synagogue that had an empty kitchen 
that because really? all the synagogues and churches were sent were closed were closed in Massachusetts, yeah, yeah. and they were able to temporarily operate out of there. And now they, but now oh, wow. places are starting to think about opening up again. So now mm. they're looking to build something. And um, but I mean the. the it's the same kind of thing. They they had a chance to significantly expand their takeout and food truck. I mean, the food truck, food you trucks, know, yeah. is the other sort of gateway for a lot of the food service people. And yeah, um, but right now there's there aren't enough people on the street for a food truck to work. So takeout True. had to be the. And the other yeah. thing they did was they pivoted to um, to providing meals for community, you know, community service organizations or for communities that were providing meals for people. It, it uh, so it, a lot of restaurants that were that were trying to find a way pivoted to doing that. So they kept the kitchen people, mm-hmm. they kept the kitchens moving in a right. lot of places. And that was state funded. That. that was state funded or, yeah. or city so or town funded. It kept a lot of companies, a lot of restaurants mm-hmm. alive actually during the yeah. COVID. Yeah. yeah, but you had to be willing to do it. I mean, for some for some restaurants, um, were you know were better suited for it the nature of the food or the nature yeah. of how they were doing things. And some restaurants had to really work hard to change from their service model. But yeah. yeah I mean, there's still some restaurants in Providence, um, that are still completely takeout, no dine in. Yeah. Right. Um, and then there's even some that, uh, I don't even think have reopened cause I know there's like a burger place that I really like and I wanted to go there like a month ago and I hadn't seen anything on their social media for the last like four months or five months, whatever. And, uh, and then, like, you go to their website, and it looks like it hasn't been updated in forever. And you call, and it just rings and rings and rings. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Some, I think, will come back and, you know, be full again. And then I think some might stick with the, the takeout and just kind of ride that, I feel like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that keeps them, like, they don't have to have as many employees. And they also don't have to worry about everybody's health. Like, right. They don't have to worry about right. their employees being exposed. Yeah. That they can just sort of do it safer. Yeah, and I, and I think, like you were saying, I think for certain spots, they'll be better adapted to that. Um, like, there's a coffee shop that I'm thinking of that is still just takeout, um, and they just have a very, very loyal customer base, and it's all coffee and just, like, little sandwiches to go. So it's not that big of a deal to not go in. You just wait outside, they bring it out, and there you go, you're on your way. So it's, like not detrimental, you know, to their business plan, I feel like. Well, the loyal customer base, though, is sort of like, that's the key. And mm-hmm. and how did they develop a loyal customer base? It's like they actually built relationships with all their customers. Right. And that's, I mean, you feel strongly enough about it to, like, bring it up as we're talking about restaurant. And that's, yeah. it's a, um, I mean, we, I, there, I like to read and there's a, um, I got emails the same week that looked just the, that looked really similar from two independent bookstores. One in New York called The Strand, yeah. a gigantic, fantastic bookstore. If you're ever in in um, the village, it's a cool. great place. And one in Harvard Square called the Harvard Bookstore, not part of Harvard University. <laughs> and um, both of them said that you know that times were tough, and that if there were books they were people that you were looking for for the holidays, it would be better to order them. So they sort of sent out a pitch saying, "Please think of us." Yeah, and. Um, and both of them sent out emails the following week that they were overwhelmed with demand wow. and that it was going to take them a while to actually get so they, yeah. they got such a response and, awesome. and both of, and for I mean independent bookstores have been working really hard to figure out how to survive over yeah. the last 10 15 years right. and they're doing it with relationships and the mm-hmm. relationships by by book signings or by author talks or yeah. or by actually um, getting to know people and recommending I mean there's a whole bunch of things that they're doing but that yeah. is the that's what drives it and um, it's hard to figure out and hard to learn but once you it's um, it, it you can't take it away yeah so 
and people want to they want their their favorite stores to stay around right for sure so they'll, they'll patronize them even yeah. when you know there might be a less expensive option mm-hmm. for sure yeah um so what have you guys sort of have there been any changes that you guys have had to make in your business in the last eight months any that have stuck and you know will continue or are there any that are just temporary um love to hear about that so temporarily we went to a, what i what a friend of mine called rotational telecommuting we went to every other day okay. with, with we, we we never really fully shut down the office okay um and we can't really do construct we can't build remotely so we of course that um, that doesn't exist yet. someday it will but <laughs> we don't have that when you got robots out yeah. there yeah. robots out in the yeah. field would be really kind of interesting um all of our job sites um, kept going. All yeah. of them had, um, there were some changes that were mandated and some changes that just made sense for um, the, the biggest mandated change. The governor of Massachusetts made everybody bring, get, provide a way to wash your hands on every job site, which oh, okay. doesn't sound like a big deal, but on a site that's only, that's a hole in the ground and putting yeah. concrete in it, it is kind of a big deal to figure it out. Yeah, because how do you do um, that? It's like, well, that's what we were saying, and how, yeah. do you, how do you do it? There are, there are products that you can buy I mean, like the things that you might see um, at a at a concert, you know, in a at a festival concert where they have sure. all these temporary bathrooms, and uh, those are really permanent-looking things. But yeah. the um, the portable bathroom companies got there really quickly with the temporary um, hand wash stations that they service. So they empty them and they or they actually take them away and they bring you new ones yeah. with yeah. water. Um, in Mass, you need to have hot water. So uh, we just actually made it so that everywhere we went, the very first thing we did in demo was set up a sink somewhere. I mean, it's a pretty <sighs> easy thing. It's like the, everybody wants to remove it first thing, but we want to leave it because yeah. we need it. And yeah. it's easier than having something changed out every week. Um, and it and it actually makes it easier for people to stay safe. Yeah. And it Most showed, of our oh, work's sorry. interiors. So this, we're working on a renovation of an existing space usually, so there's usually a bathroom. There was a, usually there was a bathroom there. Right, we're not, most of our work isn't ground up. So right. we yeah. don't usually have to have a porta potty. Now how about your subs? Have you run into any issues with the subs? Not like, uh, like maybe they ran into trouble on their end, so they can't follow follow up with their work at all. You don't have to get specific or anything like so, that. I mean, but. early on, for sure. I mean, there were. I mean, we we had a bunch of projects that were starting in February and March, and um, we, and early on, we had subcontractors on all of the projects that either decided to shut down or had to shut down or had issues. We had a number of. Um, we had a number of COVID scares on projects, which yeah. were something. I mean, and all of that figuring out what to do about all that had to sort of be done i mean no no one knew then right. what to do and no one really knew no i mean for some of the things is you don't even really know now it's like yeah. somebody comes and says what am i supposed sure. to do should i quarantine myself and um we were, we were fortunate i mean ag um agc of mass was really on top of it and was holding these twice weekly um conference calls with with um where everybody that, that was involved in, a lot of the people involved in the industry um, were on those calls and talking about what they knew or what they had done and what had worked and what hadn't worked. Um, we had some of the, the AGC was in touch with the governor's office, so, that we were, or, so we were getting back some feedback on what they were looking for, um, and that, that was super helpful. And we had board um, weekly board meetings you were leading up to that. Meeting, so, so we kind of there was we were lucky that we knew what what was going to affect us. We but we weren't work, none of our jobs were in Boston at the time, 
too. So we weren't. It, it was like what Boston, Boston, Somerville. Cambridge, Somerville shut all construction was, down yeah. for a period of time. None of our projects were there. Okay. So, so we were lucky. So were there any jobs that you finished like just on time and then? Just on time for, for the, ju- like, like for before, right, right before, before they shut down. down Boston on you guys? Was there any jobs? We, we weren't. All of the stuff we were doing was outside of Boston. Oh, in, oh no, but everything the, was. So, we, yeah, we just did, we didn't have anything happen. We didn't have any work okay. in the city during the um, during the shutdown period, which mm-hmm. was, which was I mean, was fortunate for us, fortunate for everybody that was working on our, our projects. Yeah. But some of the, for the subcontractors that had a lot of work in Boston, a, a lot of them shut down everywhere, yeah. which caused projects for, caused problems for projects outside the city. If you had somebody that had 90% of their work was in the city of Boston yeah. and they suddenly couldn't work right. or they weren't allowed to, or, and they were a bit located in Boston, couldn't go to work, um, that made it um, difficult for, but that, that wasn't, we, we were really lucky that all of our projects actually, were outside. including the liquor store, would have been deemed essential. <laughs> and, um, and we were in cities and towns that were actually, that were allowing work to continue and inspections to continue. Cool. Yeah. Inspections changed. I mean, the building inspectors, a lot of them are being done by, um, over FaceTime or remotely. Actually, we had one project that had to close out. The project in Wellesley had to get closed out with... Uh, the he did, didn't he do a FaceTime? Yeah, he, he did, did a, a FaceTime inspection wow. with one of our employees. But that finished like right at the right in March. Yes, she opened like <laughs> early April. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. So that is That's actually just, what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. That basically it was like sort of like what can we do? We needed a couple like right. ten pieces of tile to be delivered to the bat like for a bathroom issue, and right. it was sort of like a lot more things where people had to get involved in this 10 pieces of tile than ordinarily because of because of covid like nobody knew where the what the rules were access and anyway yeah it's It's exciting um so i mean being a husband and a wife running a business let's uh let's hear some of the challenges i mean uh you're together 24 7 pretty much uh it's got to get tough sometimes right so we're really different. Um, like, like I'm a psych major, so you know, um, I, if you had asked us like at the beginning, like I could like read the room, Mark could build the room. That's probably <laughs> how it sort of looked. I like that. But lately, he's a little better at reading the room, and I can definitely build the room. So. Okay, I got the little better. <laughs> But she got the definitely. So, I, mean, <laughs> I just want to point so, that I mean, out. So, yeah, so that's yeah, like course. about our working styles, like how we work together. But um, we've been able to, I think mostly we've we've always had an office not in the house. So yeah. we've and we've had other people working with us the whole time. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just us in on top of one another in a small space. Right. Um, and I think we kind of respect each other's. Base and um, like the the different strengths that we bring to the job. Sure. So we really do work differently. I mean, I, I am the person that's reading the office, and Mark is yeah. the person who's digging in on some of the other things. So we do yeah. have we like kind of naturally had separate roles. Yeah, yeah. Because it, Mike and I will talk about it a lot. Is like the the sort of benefits of having. A business partner is, yeah. you know, you have different strengths and weaknesses because when we first started, you know, before we started the company, we were both just kind of doing it on our own. We think back and we're like, how did we always 
just do every aspect of the business from the finance to the marketing to the actually doing the work to the operation to the books and the everything. And, you know, now it's nice to be able to like have our separate roles and he takes care of his certain tasks and I take care of my tasks and we don't have to like worry about everything. Um, right. It's tiring. Well, you have yeah. to do the tasks you like first. Right. For you know, sure. And if you can, if they're a little different, then you get more done because mm-hmm. you're each, you know, doing your strengths. Right. Right. And it's interesting because the people who work in our company and work with us know who's handling yeah, what. Yeah, who's doing they what. They really do. Like, we get different emails, like, about yeah. different things from our the same employees. You know? I mean, that's good because then yeah. you're not worried about stuff that's better suited for her and vice versa. Right. Right. Um, I, I guess my next question would be, like, uh, you know, cause it's, it's also good having a business partner that I'm not married to because he can go on vacation and I can handle stuff when he's away and vice versa. When I'm away, he can take care of stuff. But if you guys want to go away together, how, how does that work? Is that just kind of putting people in place below yeah. you that can kind of run the ship while you're taking a break? Yeah. They're, right. I mean, we need people. I mean, we're, we, we can't do all the, we can't do everything and we right. have people in the office to do a lot of the jobs and we need, um, I mean, we need them to actually step up and do the job without, I mean, they need to be responsible. I mean, that's right. like, um, and responsible people will usually step up and do the job that they're supposed to do without being told sure. all, all day long what to do. Yeah. Um, I think that they like it. I think when we're away, I think people really, if, if they're doing a good job when we're there, they're doing a better job Yeah. when we're not there because they want to, Take, you know, they want to they show. Like to step up yeah, and they, take and initiative. Yeah, I think that that's really always happened. That We've just never, goes to show you chose yeah. the right people then. Yeah, yeah we yeah. try. <laughs> and, you know, over the years, there's definitely been, you know, a learning curve on some things. But I think most people, um, really, that's that's really the thing. They're proud. Yeah. You know, and I we've actually found that people have, like, the stuff that we hear about when we're local Mm-hmm. We never hear about when we're away, unless it's mm-hmm. major. Like we've had like clients. We read like watching. We were on the treadmill on one on oh, vacation, God. and one of our clients filed bankruptcy. Like we're both watching the news. Oh my god! So oh, yeah. that was something oh. we had just gone under construction and spent money on the project, and that was so. You know, those are the things that are hard to stay on that vacation for. That was a bad vacation. For. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but other than that, you know, but everybody in the office knew about it. But that was something that we had to. Yeah. be the ones that dealt with the client on and yeah. and you know and that just comes with running a business yeah. you're never going to fully escape that no. right no yeah. no but those. going to Iceland makes it a little bit easier somewhere like that where there's where actually Iceland has really good cell service but but you can actually wind up with uh, somewhere without cell service <laughs> yeah. And yeah that actually allows you to let go is yeah. it how you choose bit? your vacations <laughs> no. <laughs> no no but most of our vacations it's an, it's an extra benefit many years were like the coast of Maine and yeah. New York. Real close. My family was in New York. Destinations so. with the least cell service exactly. possible. Yeah. Hard to find today. <laughs> yeah. I know, right? So. Um, but yeah, I mean, that had to be tough. You know, I guess that takes time. I'm sure early on it was tough because you didn't necessarily maybe have those people in place yet. Um, right? Well... So early on, the very beginning when we started, shortly after we started the company, my father came to work for us. So Pam doesn't talk about the, um, but the, the, 
real this when we realize like who's actually the stronger better person between the two of us him worked with my father and me for 25 years my fa- until my father died in 2016 yeah and so it's like and he actually when when we were there there were a whole lot of things that he wouldn't do and okay. when we weren't there magically they all got, got done. done so it was um so that's for a funny. long time um, un- until he got older for a long time that's how when we left that was kind of and my father when he when he did go on vacation he would leave a list of the things that he was working on and and wouldn't for you go away for two weeks and not never call in once yeah Just his phone wasn't gone he'd come back and say what happened and so oh and I've never been able to do that when we're yeah, away. I usually either. will check in a little bit, yeah. um, especially if there's something that was going that you know was in the middle and I wanted to yeah. know. But right. um, I, I, just, I mean, I don't need to. I don't need to get totally involved, but I kind yeah. of want to know what's happening. I want to make yeah. sure that if I can help, that I'm around. But um, but my yeah. dad was able to just let go of that. But besides <laughs> your father, I, I actually think that everyone else. Everybody else stepped up. Yeah. It's like people know. Yeah. 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 It's um my thing, my favorite um my favorite business book is by a guy named Dan Pink. It's called Drive. Okay. And he, Dan Pink talks about what motivates people and he says that it's three things. It's like and w- once you get past that it's a job you want to do and and that you're paying okay and it's like the three things are autonomy, mastery and purpose. So people want to be able to kind of control what they're in the moment what they're doing yeah they want to be good at it yeah. and they want it to mean something okay. and it's like and i mean i we try to live by that it's like if you let somebody do their job if you may if they make a mistake I, you have to help them correct it mm-hmm. but it's like help them understand why yeah. it was a mistake and that leads to mastery well they want to be everybody wants to be good at their job right and everybody wants it to mean something whatever that something is for you know building stores um, or building offices or building restaurants. It's like for the people who are going to occupy those spaces at the end when they're really happy yeah. and they express that delight. It's like, I mean, that's a kind of a purposeful moment. And, oh, yeah. and it happens. It's, um, and, and that's, it's like you don't realize in the middle when all the, when all the stuff is going, going on and there's on, a whole yeah. lot of things you're trying to solve and problems and whatever. And every, every problem gets solved. Every project is fin- gets finished. I mean, everything, mm-hmm. you get there. And it's like and it's sort of getting there in a way um, that makes somebody that's that, that provides what someone was looking for right um, is a pretty big thing and that's and that that so that's sort of that's what we that's the way we try to how we try to have everybody's job feel yeah. and yeah. it's an ongoing everyday um, it, it's work every yeah. day to make that happen right, and every, right each right. of those steps is is a work in process all the time for everybody including us yeah that translates into the video business, I think, too, because when we send a video to a client, it's they love it. You know, nothing replaces that feeling. Like, yeah. all right, it, it kind of like establishes that you did you did your job. You did your job yeah. well. You did you you met your client's expectations, and you know yeah. nothing's better than that, right? <laughs> like that's why you're in business. Exactly. Uh, so, what are your guys' thoughts on some of these online stores going into like physical retail spaces? And vice versa, because we've seen it with Wayfair going from a retail online, you know, completely online. Now they have a store in, in Natick. Right. Um, and then there's other stores that are, I feel like, very big and physical and, you know, really ramping up their online. Well, we like that Wayfair decided to do a store because we yeah. got to build it. It's awesome. <laughs> and that was a, <laughs> that was a good thing. Um, really surprising because it, it was a fun, really fun process because it was yeah. one of those, like, Project X, like it wasn't, yeah. it was completely under the radar. Yeah. And um, 
I th- I mean, I think it's a natural thing for some of them. We did untuck it. They were also um, all online store, and they decided that they needed um, retail space. Yeah. So they, they went into all like the high-end retail areas because they were selling shirts. Untucket has got to be, I don't know if anybody, if Joe has told you or if anything, but Untucket has got to be one of my favorite brands ever. I have. He's not lying. <laughs> probably 12 Untucket shirts. Wow. I have one of their pants and my plan, I'm getting married in 2022. Mm-hmm. I would really love to get some of their blazer jackets for, uh, you know, my groomsmen. Yeah. Um, we'll see, but they're one of my favorite brands. I've been to a couple of their stores, uh, one in Los Angeles, one in New York, Boston. Yeah, we- um, so. Very cool brand. Yeah, it is a cool brand. Yeah. So do they make you sign some type of like NDA while you're building it that you can't tell them that, well, like what's going on? Or with, with, for with Wayfair, it was um, during the during the Wayfair process. when we were when during the um, the when we were in being considered for the project, we had to sign an NDA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then then after that, I, I'm never sure when that NDA kind of runs out. I mean, we had to file for permit, um, and we went into in the and the permit drawing said Wayfair on it but when we went in to ask the building inspector about it um, and we're dancing around what the project's called he says you mean the Wayfair project <laughs> yeah. so they I'm knew. thinking to myself okay I don't think it was anybody in our office yeah. that told him this <laughs> eventually he's gonna know yeah. I mean the lease is signed but I mean it's That's funny uh, well I'm not allowed to say but <laughs> well the, they had set up um, they had pop-up stores for the holidays so many of the malls knew about okay. them mm-hmm and that was they right. Were in, they were being they pitched. were in, they were in Simon Malls, and and at the time, the Natick Mall was it wasn't General Growth. It was it's Brookfield Properties. Brookfield Properties. So different mall retail mall they had, developers they had knew about it. Yeah, yeah they had a few, and, and they, they were definitely looking Natick, for a store. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that was fun. But do you guys help with location choices at all, or do they come to you and you're, you guys just so, see the space? So for some clients, and usually location choices, it's all about constructability and cost. And so, I mean, we're, um, we actually, this fall, we've been looking um, with a nonprofit that's trying to pick a, an expanded location for what they do. And, um, and they, um, so, and there are a bunch of different buildings that they're looking at right now, commercial real estate, there are spaces available because yeah. um, people have shrunk or people have closed right. and, mm-hmm. um, and each building that we looked at had things that were much better and things that were by better. I mean, things that were already in place that were okay. And things then, then some of the buildings in some cases they had things that weren't in place that were necessary. Mm. And so, um, we were asked to sort of help, um, advise on what it would take to get to basically a similar kind of a um, setup in each space. Yeah, whether their cost was more important or location. And so we're there to help them decide how much it's going to cost them to move. And how long and how difficult and what the challenges might be that... um, that could derail the process. I mean, you know, bathroom sizes are tricky. Elevator access for when it, when it's going to be open to the public. There are a bunch of things that came up. Those are two of the big things we were looking at. Yeah. One building was sort of much harder to fit those things, and the other one had it. Yeah. Right, um, right. But of course, the rents were different, and the and the locations were different, and hmm. um, those are things that that. Um, I mean, I had opinions on, but I'm not sure that my opinion was as important as they, they were going to live there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where that 29 years of experience comes mm-hmm. into play because you've been through it, you know, yeah. hundreds and thousands of times. Like, you can figure it out. Right. Yeah. 
We still find things. There still are, I mean, 29 years of experience. We still walk in actually more because I was somewhere else before that. And then I was a laborer and, yeah. and I don't want to, I don't want to actually, I don't want to, I'm not going to date myself. So but <laughs> experience counts, but yeah. there, but in existing buildings, there's always something that comes along that's a little bit new and different. Yeah, you're always learning. Um, and so, yeah, it's like, I, I, don't, I know I don't know everything that I need to know to get these jobs done. I know enough to figure out. And what I think I know is where I should stop and, and try to find the expert hmm. um, for, um, especially with mechanical systems and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, those are, um, I mean, I've seen a lot, but I also have seen some that I look at it. And I'm like, I don't know how they figured this out yeah. or I don't know how they're going to figure this out. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's like at a certain point we could work on them forever and never get an answer, but, um, <laughs> we, we need to know when to, when to ask for help, yeah. ask for yeah. professional help. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, technology is just like always changing. There's always oh, yeah. new things like do, doing some work in the construction industry over the last like year and a half. We've learned so much. Like I remember there was one project that we were shooting video of and the, the CEO's office, they said had auto dimming like windows, like the windows had like a shade built into them so that as the sun came around the building, they would automatically, you know, tint the yep. windows would automatically tint. I was like, holy crap, like this is crazy. And then another one we worked on, they had the garage, the parking garage that you would pull in and you could get out of your car and it would like oh, change yeah. the levels and then it would come back and another car could pull and it parks the, yeah, self-parking parking garage. That's, well, those that are is, crazy. That's yeah. happening now, right? Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Thing and get yeah. The yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just like a giant, Boston. a huge square and you just put your car in there and then your car's just gone. gone. And it'll come back <laughs> yeah. sooner or later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. They're all self-parking yeah. on, on those plates. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. It's that's, wild. That's a, that was a, that was a big project like the last couple of years. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the controlling the amount of light though is an interesting thing. Cause on the one hand you're obligated to have the lights that are close to the windows shut off automatically. So they call that daylight harvesting. Okay. But on the other hand, if there's too much light, you need to do something about it so people can actually see their screens. Right. And it's a, then sure. there's a happy medium in there with automatic blinds and yeah. automatic you know, controls on the lights right. and everything. It's got, it's a lot more complicated in a lot of offices than just having a switch yeah. um, on the wall. Yeah, it's funny. This was built into the glass, though, I think, right? Was it? The, yeah, it was something. Oh, it it, yeah, like yeah. like self-tinting or something. It was, oh, yeah. It was crazy. It was something about yeah. I never heard of it before. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I've seen them where they fog. Yeah. There's one where the electrostatic charge goes on and then it fogs the glass oh, that wow. you can't cool. see through. It's like um, oh, gets yeah. used in gyms sometimes for the yoga room to make it so oh, okay. to help control light. And oh yeah, yeah. Um, and then if it's also used for something else, then they'd want more light coming through the glass. But, right. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Technology. Not an inexpensive thing, but yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> you can only imagine. But, but it's but it's cool yeah. and it works. Yeah. Um, one one topic I always like to to go with business owners is like people because you know you, you start small and then obviously as you grow you need more people to do more things and at a more efficient rate and to scale and grow um but obviously with that comes challenges um you know people might be bad at their job and and sometimes you either have to spend more time training them or i don't know maybe it comes to the the terrible thought of you have it to fire them um like what are some of the challenges of managing people um, and especially where you guys have staff that are that work full time in the office, um, but then people that work on on your job sites. Like, talk about some of those challenges. So I think the key really is um, probably communication, mm -hmm. and um, and 
not um, not sugarcoating or I mean being being willing to say um, the hard things to mm-hmm. people and um, it's it, for a lot of people for me certainly for a lot of people it doesn't come easy yeah um, but I think it's really necessary to give honest feedback to people and um, and at the end of the day if somebody's not the right fit for the organization. Um, it's better for them and it's better for everyone around them to um, to address it. I mean, it's like yeah. somebody who's not doing a good job. They, somebody who's not doing a good job knows it. Right. And, um, and they are usually, um, they're being held back from the job where they can be successful and excel. Mm-hmm. And they're actually usually preventing everybody else from doing as good a job as they can. So, I mean, I, I've always taken uh, the approach of trying really hard i've uh, assumed that everyone is capable and yeah. can do a really good job yeah but sometimes some people aren't meant for some jobs and it's like yeah. it's not always obvious at the beginning but yeah. when it is obvious it's really not fair to anyone including them to um to let it go for any longer than you have to yeah and unfortunately like people they're not going to be as invested in your business like because there it's not theirs you know like you guys built this from the ground up mm-hmm. you know what went into it with them it could just be you know another job that they're doing right and i mean it, and it, it's like but on the other hand i think that most people given the right given the if they if it's the work that they want to be doing right yeah. i think that most people are, are kind of are pretty invested in what they're doing every day you and know, work hard uh, yeah, I mean the people who are my my experience anyways. The people who are in construction are actually are um, are in it because they like to actually see things created. Yeah, right? yeah and it's yeah, like right. it's a job. It's it, it's a job where at the end of all of it, something is there that wasn't there at the beginning. Right. And I think a lot of people. That's I think that's what draws people to construction. And there are a lot of different the people who actually want to physically do it there are people who right. want to actually organize how to do it and that's how that's it that's how the field in the office kind of really roughly and 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 um not all that accurately breaks down yeah but um i think that they people who are doing that job and they really actually who do feel that sense of accomplishment and the sense of pride in what comes down what, what comes out at the other end yeah um i think they are invested in it yeah that I makes think, sense um, and you put them in the the correct situation that they want to be in too. Put them in the right seat. So, yeah. Right. It's like, yeah, and if they have, and, and you also hear from the other people who've been there a long time, that's the other, uh, if they're on the right team and the team that they're with yeah. feel that they're as vested as they are, then mm-hmm. then that's also, I mean, that's also a way to find out whether someone's the right fit. You don't always know based on a couple of meetings before you hire them, but, yeah. you know, sometimes it's, while they're there, the people who've been working there a long time will tell you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the other way we find out whether things aren't, like, it's not a perfect fit. Yeah. It, it's funny. My stepdad um, actually works at Wayne J. Griffin Electric. Do you guys know Sure. That? Yeah. And um, he's been there for, God, like, he's 70. And I think he's been there since he was, like, in his 20s. Um, and his... One of his sons works there, and two of his grandsons work there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a family business. Um, but he tells me a lot of times they they pick him a lot to train some of the younger guys just because he's really good teaching people and he likes to educate. Um, and so he says that a lot of times they they ask for his feedback on oh, how's this person doing? Are they ready for this role? Or how how are they doing here? Could they improve here? And so it's interesting to like hear the other side of it. And, oh yeah, because and he'll know right away. He'll be like, I don't know why they got this guy here. Yeah, <laughs> <It's not> gonna... <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. He usually he says like, oh yeah, I'm training this kid. He's doing really well. And 
Knock on wood. That's most of the time is what I hear, but yeah. I'm sure. Well, know, that's good. Been there a long time. No, it's, it's true. And we, I mean, actually part of our hiring process, which really helps, is having people who would be working with the person mm-hmm. meet with them beforehand. So it's not like, it, it really shouldn't be um, us being the only people that speak with them. And that, sure. that, that, has, that improves the odds for everyone yeah. greatly. Yeah. When we have the people that they're going to be working with, so I think that's kind of how we've been able that to and hire referrals too. I yeah. mean, people who are, people who are happy um, working for the company who actually bring somebody else and say, "Here's somebody I think you ought to talk to." Hmm. It's yeah. um, I mean that already starts at a different place for um, for us for everybody involved for us and for yeah. the other person and. Um, that's true. Those the, are some of our best hires. Some yeah. people, you know, referrals. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure the person who referred them kind of has a responsibility to make sure they pull through too. Oh yeah. <laughs> no one to refer a exactly. bad person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And so everyone's level of productivity goes oh, up from it. <laughs> that's good. Um, and then going off the people, um, when I guess when you have these projects, that sometimes I guess like how, how long does a typical project take? Or is it all over the board? Most of our projects are anywhere from three to six months. Okay. So they're relatively short duration projects. Yeah. That's and the construction piece. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes we're involved before, like, the project can start with, like, design development, and we're oftentimes involved before the project goes underway. Yeah. So it could be... That could be a really long time. Yeah, so this the teams change, you know, yeah. like, it's right. the people that are doing the pricing, estimating, and things like that might work with a project manager ahead of time, so that could be three or... That could be a year. Yeah. And then, usually, the, the construction time is between three and six months. Gotcha. So what happens... I guess I'm curious, like... What happens when a project starts to take longer than that time? Like, it's obviously it's not you guys working in the field and you're just slacking off. How does that work, and how do you sort of address that? So um, it depends. I mean, it's like it's um, and it depends on the. I mean, there are a number of different things that that you can do. I mean, there's like a textbook answer to the question of you know, you um, either um, work longer days or add or go to second, go to two shifts, so you have an early and a later shift, or oh, work over or work um, weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also we can always resequence work. I mean, there's a sort of a logical sequence to the work that's the most efficient way what to get everybody in and out of there. And but we can also overlap some some stuff can't be overlapped. You can't be working on the ceiling while the floor is going down in the whole space. So, um, but some things can be, um, but I mean, all of those things, each, every project is a little bit different on, on how that all plays out. Sometimes it, um, sometimes it can work really well. Sometimes it can, an example of where it can't is this spring. Yeah. I mean, a whole lot of things this spring were, um, were obviously delayed. I mean, we talked about some subcontractors that shut and we had to find new subs that obviously Mm -hmm. created, a challenge for us yeah um but for some subcontractors materials that are were readily available suddenly weren't and because the right. whole supply chain across the supply chain there were effects for everybody yeah. and um so and if the tile wasn't available or the air conditioning unit or pick lights pick, i mean pick anything drywall i mean it was at various times through almost every material you could name at some point in the in has it has been a problem um, over, I mean, in my career, at some point, I mean, for a while, drywall was in short supply. Steel was in short supply. It's happened all over the place. Yeah. And um, so, um, so you have to you have to try to find a workaround for it, right. whatever whatever that might be. But yeah. you're basically gonna 
like what you're you're also basically going to just get everybody on board with the schedule like make sure right. everyone involved in the project knows the schedule yeah, 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 yeah. and then and then get their feedback on how um how it could be bettered you know and yeah often i think we find that when our when we get our subs and our super and our project manager all together they can fix some things if they to all talk about it together yeah. so that's that's usually what we bring in too right yeah. i mean it's so it's like this we've been feeling it mark's way talking about is like what's lately happened with covid right but right. on a normal day when um it's not a snowstorm and you know just like <laughs> a normal thing yeah. where something's happening um i think the best thing to do like is just to, like kind of say guys you know this is what's happening this, this schedule's sliding and it can't and they've already published their grand opening and right so we are on here what can we what can <laughs> what we, we do? Gonna do and so right. and that that is that works it I mean, comes back to communication like you're yeah, saying exactly right a communication are about it and a communication between the people who are actually more hands-on it's a lot better than having us tell them what to do it's a lot better if we ask them what to right. do because who knows, there could be things that you don't know that's going on, and maybe they're just afraid to say something, or exactly. right. you know, you give them the chance to say, hey, well, actually, you know, this thing is happening, so it's causing us to slow down. Now you're at least educated about what's going on. Right. Yeah. And they could just, like, resequence it if yeah. they have to. Not wait, you know, because right. this guy's not going to have his people there until next week because he's got another yeah. issue. Right, something. right. Who, who out, of, out of the two of you, who gets the most... Um, I guess, like, stressed when something's, you know, challenging. <laughs> that would probably be me. Yeah. <laughs> probably, but... Um, Every challenging thing gets solved. Right. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. It's like... And you get creative with it. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's never... It's yeah. like the... In the moment, when, we, when we're not sure what to do, it's, it's, um, it's very... It can be really frustrating. It can... But they all... They all... I mean, I mean, it's like one of our supers who's been with us a really long time has, ta- has started quoting me whenever he's stressed about getting... He's like one of those guys that, who internalizes everything. And he always yeah. quotes... My, apparently, at some point, I said, every project gets done. And so he'll repeat that back to me. Whenever else <laughs> every project eventually gets done. And right. it's like, they all finished. Every one right. of them. It's like, there aren't yeah. any of them out there that we never... It's like, yeah. for nobody. It's yeah. like, everyone finishes their jobs. It's yeah. just... It's like, what's it going to, you know, and, and in the middle of it all, it's like remembering that makes it a little bit easier to yeah. sort of like attack that you can't solve everything all at once sometimes. Right. So it's one at a time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm kind of, oh, sorry. Better, I'm better at it now. I, at the beginning, I was a little. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm kind of in your shoes where yeah. if I get something stressful, I'll like, you know, kind of freak out in my head, but you got to take a step back, take a deep breath and review it and be like, right. All right, it's gonna get done. Like yeah. it's gonna yeah. be. This is all gonna be fine. It's nothing. Yeah, you I try to big solution. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I try to, I try to realize that, you know, you can't change what's already been done. So if something happened and somebody's upset about it or a challenge has occurred or whatever, it's it's happened. So there's no like changing it. It's more just like, all right, how can we solve this? Right. What, what's the way to get to? We're at point A. How do we get to point B? Mm-hmm. It's funny. Oh yeah. Um, I got one last one. What, after doing this for almost 30 years, what would be one piece of advice with all the knowledge you've learned over the last 29 years? 
What would be one thing you would tell yourself when you're first starting? Wow. <laughs> Probably that you don't have to be open between Christmas. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. Uh, how can I, the phone's how can I not going to ring a lot. <laughs> how can I follow that? That's just. It's a good one. Um, I don't know. I'm not even going to try. No, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That just came to my mind. But, but that was definitely something I was stressing at the beginning. But yeah. If you both weren't in construction, what do you think you'd be doing? Ooh, that's a good one. I'd probably be back in banking. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's been your whole life, too. I know. I was going to say. I know. I know. seems tough for you. I mean, you know, it's funny. Before before we started the company, I had, um, I mean, I knew things were, were like, a, a, were going wrong at the old company. And I knew that I might have to do something. And I made a list of all the things. And I had this 30 things that I could do. And going into construction was not the top thing on the list <laughs> and it's like and somehow when actually i had to make a decision and do it that was the first thing that i thought to do um so i um but i don't know i mean af after this I, I i'm not sure what i would do i mean i've been talking about i've been doing a little bit of teaching i think that's something that i cool. wouldn't that i would kind of enjoy doing but i'm not yeah. sure but I, I don't know i i always say over the last like four to five years um I've really grown to enjoy cooking. So I, I could like open a restaurant. I love food, trying all kinds of new food. Um, hey, well, you get someone to build it for you now. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> um, my mom would always say the cliche saying, and I'm sure you guys saw the commercial as kids. So my name's Mike, and when I was a kid, they called me Mikey, and so there's the commercial, give it to Mikey, Mikey will eat it, he'll eat yeah. anything. And uh, you know, I wasn't, my palate wasn't huge when I was a kid, but as I got older, I really started to just kind of Oh yeah, try this, try that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so like cooking is something I've always enjoyed, but mm -hmm. it's uh, like something, I, that's a good question. I like that one, that something totally different. So yeah, that's... Try to do something different. It's funny. Yeah. Nothing? <laughs> what do you think? I had... Um, uh, Mark will be teaching. Teaching. I mean, teaching. Okay, all right. So, and I mean, writing. I think you'll write. We'll see. Um, read, but I don't know what the writing <laughs> part. We'll, we'll see how, how that goes. The... Um, so teaching, I mean, I've done a little bit of um, guest lecturing at Babson in, oh, cool. in Wellesley, and um, and I enjoy that. But I think there's a difference. I mean, I haven't actually done a you know a whole semester, but yeah, um, I I think it's um it's kind of interesting. It's something that I definitely would like to do a little bit more. Yeah. Of, so. You'll have to be on the panel. He does it. Exactly. Uh, entrepreneur. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That yeah. sounds fun. The opening a, class. Was... We do a, we do a, a panel discussion at the on the very first class of the semester for a friend of mine. Cool. Um, it, the class is called Managing Growing Businesses, and the very first class is always a panel of entrepreneurs talking about growing their business. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah, so, that sounds and, um, fun. It's really, it's really interesting. All right, cool. It's really, really fascinating. Yeah. What, what, it's really fascinating what people share. Yeah. It's really fascinating what the class is interested in hearing from everybody yeah, after. Yeah. That it, it's always different. So yeah. super, super fun. It's funny. It's kind of like how we started the podcast it was like we want we want to see the behind the scenes of other yeah, businesses behind and the curtains because not everyone's the same everyone goes about it a different way it's not black or white yeah it's yeah. like i've had i've been in, i've been surprised that in a classroom filled with strangers that i've had people who have shared in um 
stuff about their business that they haven't told that that they haven't told me, and I know them. Yeah. And it's like, and then they'll tell they'll tell it to. And the class is big. Usually, it's 50, 60, 70 grad students. Yeah. It's like, and they'll tell everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and it's um. So it's, it's it's there's something about the format and the uh, environment of it all. The environment yeah. of it all. It's just it's um it's really really interesting. That's yeah. cool. And really yeah, fun. and it's it's interesting to hear the stuff that not everybody knows because like a general consumer doesn't always know what goes into like running a business and the different challenges and right things that happen so i think people enjoy hearing what it's like and everyone has some crazy stories that, oh yeah that are just out you can't believe they're true but mm-hmm. but that the details are just too well defined for it not to be true <laughs> right and um and that those those always get shared but, yeah yeah that's yeah. um but yeah, no, you guys are stuck now. You'll be on the email list if I remember. All right. Um, hey, we'll be there. Where are we? Come <laughs> yeah. January. It might be, yeah, by, cool. might be via Zoom this time again, but we'll yeah. see. Cool. Hey. Well, appreciate you guys coming out. Yeah, uh, thanks for having uh, us. Being on the thanks podcast. It's been fun. Um, so where can people, uh, if they're, if, you know, if we have anybody that's interested in building a restaurant ah. or a retail space? Sure. I'm, I mean, they certainly can visit our website at um, coordinators.com yeah. or um, yeah, check us out on the web. Yeah. First off, oh well, last thing I we have to say that you getting coordinators dot com. Yeah. That's unbelievable yeah. that you guys were able to snag that URL. It's a very uh, very worthy domain these days, I'm sure. So yeah. can I tell you what? I, I look back, I'm in an um in a um we didn't talk about this at all, but I'm in an owner peer group um that was once called Tab, the alternative board. It's gone through a couple different name changes, the group that I'm in. Yeah. But in nineteen ninety five somebody came in from Tab in the group, someone came into the group one day and said, you know, URLs are going to be a big deal and you yeah. should go and get one with your company name if you can. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the group went out and got something close to their name. Yeah. And, and that's when, so that's how long we've had, that's when I did it and that's why <laughs> I did it. Yeah. And, um, and then we had an email address really quickly. We figured out how to do email and had an email address really quickly. Yeah. We it took a long time to get a website. Um, but that's, that's why, so it's like, um, one of the best things, and I, I forgot until really recently how that whole thing came about, and somebody reminded me who's been in the group for That's all right. these years. But yeah, we can um, get construction coordinators though. Construction That's coordinators was owned by somebody else. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Our Instagram. Yeah, now you guys are all over social media, all so over people can check you out on Instagram. LinkedIn. Check us LinkedIn. out on Instagram, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah, check us out on LinkedIn. I actually, Twitter. just posted an article today on LinkedIn about retail. We talked a little bit go. about that today. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, we're on Facebook. Yep, Twitter. Twitter. Oh, yeah, tweeting. that's right. We're on Twitter. We're tweeting. <laughs> Twitter account's starting to get a little bit more active. Yeah. Working on it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, so guys, check them out. Give them a follow. Check out some of the projects they've done. Um, as always, check us out on Instagram, at UpInYourBizPod. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, leave us a rating, subscribe, pass it on, and uh, catch you on the next one. Bye.